Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you. Good morning. This is Melinda from Hope When There Was None and my charming assistant, <laughs> Minnie Man. <laughs> He's coming on. Um, bear with me. Uh, allergy season. So today it's all things related to narcissism as much as I can. Okay. So again, if you haven't visited me before, my name is Melinda Kunst. I am a survivor and thriver from abuse. I did survive. It was a time I didn't think I would. I didn't think I would make it to my 40th birthday, but here I am, fabulous 50, and I share from my life, my experiences, and also I sprinkle in when there are some brave survivors that do come on and share their own stories, especially next month. I'm really excited about that. I had quite a few women do, um, they did volunteer to share their stories, whether it be live, whether it be me reading their stories on a video. So I'm really excited about that. And then also I have a few experts that are going to be talking about some other stuff. We're going to talk about shadow work and uh, menopause. We talk about emotional traumas, different things that are going on in our bodies, just a wide range of topics. So it's not always about abuse. But let's go ahead and get into this. We're going to dig in and I don't have a particular thing written out. So we're going to go through infographs and so on and so on. So bear with me a minute. So what is narcissism? You might hear this term sprinkled around. What is it exactly? Now, it is someone that's self-absorbed. It was first identified as a disorder by a British physician. His name was Havelock Ellis, and that was in 1898, okay? He was characterized by having an inflated image. Uh, you know, their self-image was just very inflated. They were addicted to fantasy, living in this fantasy world. They have this unusual coolness about them. And their composure is really just shaken when their confidence is maybe a little bit um, questioned, perhaps, threatened, that sort of thing. They have a tendency to take others for granted or they exploit those people, situations, and so on. So this could also, this disorder is also named after, and I'm going to go ahead and put the link down where I found this. It was also named after a mythological figure, Narcissus, who fell in love with his own reflection. So according to Freud, narcissism is a normal stage in child development, and it's only considered a disorder after puberty. Oh, well, let's see. It's considered a disorder when it occurs after puberty. Okay, so there's a little bit more to that. I'm going to keep that up and save that. You know what? Let's, I'll leave link that in the podcast, but as well as... as um, I'm reading my little infographs here. So, but I'm going to link this for you too. So what is the difference between, and you also might hear covert narcissists or narcissism. And there's one that we don't always hear overt narcissism. So there's a couple different ways you can describe a narcissist. Now, just the plain old narcissist, plain old, or there's someone that's an overt. So overt is somebody that you you observe. So let's go say you're going to the store at the Walmart there and you are definitely seeing 
an example of this in this man and woman, it doesn't matter who, but between this couple, you can see that there is somebody that definitely fits that profile, which I'll get into in a little bit of that traditional narcissist. But then you'll see, or you might not see is what goes behind closed doors because this person covert is someone that craves the admiration. They crave that importance and that control. They also, you know, have, lack of empathy for others for that victim but they do it in a sneaky way so you might not observe this this person might be somebody that uh, like the other is in a high power position but you don't see what's going on behind closed doors it just kind of happens in secret so it can be very hard to really recognize that but let's dig into this right now so i don't have my infographs as you know i love infographs but i don't have them all up in order so bear with me a minute so how to spot and if you're listening to the podcast you hear all these little sounds my microphone is right there by my little pad I think pad so I'm sorry for all the clicks that you might hear while you're listening so what are the signs and there's more than seven because I know I've done this seven before with my good friend Nicole but there is more and of course everybody's awake now so you might hear some noises going on so bear with me a minute. So this person, as I mentioned before, is preoccupied with themselves. They admire themselves, but they also have some unrealistic expectations, maybe uh, from others around them. And this, again, is not necessarily just an intimate partner. A narcissist can be anybody in your circle. That could be your, your boss. It could be coworkers. It could be your uncle. It could be somebody filling your tank at the gas station. They still have those, you know, but this is somebody, anybody, anybody could be a narcissist, somebody that is dehumanizing others. They lack, again, lack that empathy. They have an obsession with appearances. So maybe it's not a physical appearance, but they want to seem like uh, they are creating this fantasy world. They have to have a better house, a better car, better clothes, and so on and so on. So it's not just they're obsessive about their physical appearance, but outward appearance too. They have pride, and there's nothing wrong with pride. You know, of course, you don't want to be too prideful, but there's some pride there. Exaggerating. I remember my ex telling me at one point in time, admitting that he would tell me, to come home from work and tell me different things that happen at work. And sometimes they in my mind, they seemed a little crazy or fantastic, like, really? And I would question that in my mind. I would to do it to him outwardly. But uh, he eventually did, towards the end of our relationship, did admit that sometimes he puffed up different occurrences, different situations, because he wanted it to sound like he had a more exciting day than he did, than he had. So this person also has a very hard time accepting criticism. Now, they can dish it out, but more than likely, they can't accept that into themselves. Now, if it's a boss criticizing them, they might argue, they might come home and just say, well, this person doesn't know what they're, what they're thinking, they're, you know, and just criticize that criticism. They're envious of others, what others have, what others do, and so on. There could be mood swings, a string of broken relationships, or just have that strained relationships with others, of course, with others, right? Uh, very low self-esteem in many cases, okay? And they have that almost like a craving or a need of approval from others. They do need that. At least it seems that way. So again, we have that puffing up and so on. Now, if, let's go here. And a, with 
I'm going to tell you this one later because this is some tips on how to do that. Now here is something, and again, I'm going to share all these wonderful things with you because I like doing I like doing the infographs. It's like a cheater for me if I don't have any notes physically written down. Now, how can you? It seems like narcissists hurt you on purpose, okay? Now you can test this. Anyone can test a narcissist. Now here's how. This is, again, this is from an infograph. So the next time this person's hurting your feelings or making you feel very low, go ahead and let your feelings show. Tell this person how him or her are making you feel and, um, and how, and well, basically ask them to please stop it. And be prepared for shock. You're going to ask them, well, how are letting them know how you're making them feel and then when you ask see how the reaction is when you ask them to stop now they may soften a normal person would soften and, and feel really apologetic this person might be the exact opposite they might be a little angry or flustered at you or, or you know go ahead and make you feel like you're the bad guy now just watch so i don't want you to be too surprised when that happens now how can we spot a narcissist? Now, again, I gave you some ideas, some sprinkling of ideas. I can't make this bigger. Um, I know, you know, I'm not going to share that one with you because I just did that one. Bless you. You can go ahead and read that. That's fine. It's 9.30 now, so until 9.45, homeschool time. So how do you know if you're with a narcissist or you're dating a nice narcissist, okay? Let's say dating a narcissist. Now, they'll be love bombing. Now, they'll be that intense, I love you, I love you, and praise and something after an abusive situation. Maybe it's emotional, verbal, mental, even physical, okay? And then... Okay, so they'll, they'll go ahead and they'll do whatever it is. Then they'll make you feel like the bad guy. And then they'll have that praise, that love, I love you so much, and so on. There can be gaslighting, too. So you start to question, and I talked about that yesterday, you question your your sanity, you, you feel like you're crazy, you're forgetful, okay? There's also sabotaging and kind of isolating you from your friendships, your relationships that you have with others. There is also making you as I mentioned, making you the bad guy, making you feel that you're the enemy for having these reactions that you're having, or that you're creating so much drama and so on. They're constantly lying, fibbing to avoid taking the responsibility for their actions, for things that happen, for situations and so on. Now, they are never at fault for any of the issues in the relationship, they'll always find fault in you. They'll turn everything on you, that you're the one to blame for all of what's going on. There's also a lack of interest of who you are, who you are as a person. And I'm going to use this example of a friend that she was with her partner for a very long time. And one thing that she didn't like getting for the for Christmas, for her holiday or birthday or whatever, was socks and candles. She didn't like candles and so on. There's a reasoning behind that in socks. It just seemed like a lame gift, okay? Now, for me, I like socks. I like fun socks. Can you see my socks? Hopefully, they're not too dirty. They're chickens. <laughs> but, I mean, I like fun socks. But for this gal, and I understand that. Maybe for a, from a loved one, you don't want socks. Unless you're like me and weird. But, um... Knowing this, and her partner knew this, and what did she get for her birthday or Christmas or whenever? What did she get as a gift? 
socks, and candles. <laughs> Almost all the time, that was what she had gotten. And even despite this person knowing that these are things that she didn't care for, he repeatedly would get those for her. So if somebody is not taking interest, I love hula hooping now. And I know this is something that I couldn't really practice even when I was, a lot of the things that I'm doing now, I know I couldn't practice or enjoy them when I was with my ex because he would belittle them. He wouldn't take an interest in them. He would put me down, you know, belittle. And um, maybe because I would be taking that time away from him by doing those things, I would just stop doing whatever it was because again, I wasn't focusing my attention on him or I'd have to do them before he, while he was gone, while he was at work, before he got home. Now with Mr. Awesome on the flip side, he's all in. He's like, I'll help you with the tubing to make those hula hoops because I'm making them now. Um, I'll show you how to do them. What do you want to do? I told him I want to become a teacher next year. He's like, oh, okay, well, what do you need to do that? He's positive. He's helping me and even friends and family that know that eventually I want to get a not-for-profit started for doing uh, maybe some sort of retreat or some, not a retreat, um, a sanctuary, my healing sanctuary. This is something I would love to do here, but I have friends and family. They're like, okay, I know this person can help you do grant writing. This person can help you with doing not-for-profit. And even there's a not-for-profit that I'm interested in and I've been asked to join and, um, you know, it's just being with those people. That's your, your tribe, your support system that know that they're in with you. They're totally in. They're going to support you. I know I have gal pals that are doing marvelous and great things. They're going on the national level. They're getting their posts heard and stuff. It's like raise those people up. And when you are somebody that is narcissism or you have those narcissistic traits, you are envious. You're going to self-sabotage that person. You're going to make that person feel little. You're going to make that person feel like they're the enemy because they're excelling. They're they're doing something. And you see this especially a lot with women, women not supporting other women because there's some envy there. There's some, there's like, why is she doing that? Or maybe you were going out for something together and your friend got the part or got the the award or whatever it was, and you didn't. And so you're feeling maybe a little anger. Well, why did she go out? Because she knows I was going out for this. You know what I mean? So can that person be a narcissist? Maybe. But supporting somebody, again, finding, you want to make sure and see if those signs are there for that person. If they're, they're not going to respect you as a person. If they're not going to keep take you as you are. I used to dress and a kind of, when I was a teenager, I was kind of that rebel girl, I had the hair shaved on the side, like you see now a little bit, but it was longer here back in the 80s. Hello, Madonna phase, Cindy Lauper phase. And my clothes kind of reflected that. I would wear army boots, I would wear army pants, sometimes the flash dance shirts and everything like that. Well, my ex didn't like that. He wanted to see someone that was dressed a lot more a lot more nicer. And so my clothes started to reflect that. I kind of lost that person, that sense of person who I was, that quirky kind of person that would love to wear neon colors. I lost her. And he wasn't interested in things that I liked, all that stuff he didn't care about, really. And I hear this and I see this in a lot of other relationships too. And to some degree, okay, you can have that. It's not necessarily that it's a narcissist. You know, but there's a difference. 
Okay, there is definitely a difference. Anyway, but there's that huge sense of entitlement that this person might have. You seem to owe this person everything. So if you're dating somebody, if there's someone in your circle that any of these sound like, by all means, I don't want to say head for the hills, but really give deep thought about your relationship. Okay, just give some thought about that relationship. Now, what can you do? Let me get back into here. My infographs. One, sometimes it's going to be hard to do this, to set those boundaries, to advocate for yourself, or even to create that healthy distance. And it's hard to not take these things personally. So those are things I recommend, but it's hard to do this, especially if you have a, somebody that's an abuser. But if you have somebody that's maybe not you're not, it's a co-worker, let's say it's a co-worker, you can try and put these, implement these things in order to keep that distance, in order to keep your sanity. If it's somebody that's an intimate partner, you know what I'm going to say, you know what I'm going to say somehow to leave if you can. Now, it could be that this person is a narcissist, they're not physically abusing you. They are not maybe doing the other things that come with abuse, so, you know, there's a fight, thin line or balance there. I don't know if anybody wants to answer that. Do you think you can have a relationship with a narcissist? A healthy relationship? Oh, that's fun. That might be Miss Jessica. One more thing, and then I'm going to sign off in case it's funny. I don't know who that is. So you're looking for that... I've got my bifocals on. So if you see that my, up, up my nose, I'm sorry about that. So can you get closure from a narcissist? Hmm. Maybe, maybe not. There's seven reasons why they won't give you closure. For a narcissist, they are providing, uh, not providing closure is a form of punishment. Okay. So they're going to, okay. I kind of figured that. They're going to kind of keep you hanging and you're going to feel like you're hanging too. So, and I almost always have to have the last word. Now they get that thrill that, that, um, that charge because they know you're still thinking about them. They lack that empathy and therefore they don't even care about what you want or what you need in order to move on. The narcissistic person might not have ever loved you again for who you are. Or again, this could be a coworker, so they might not like you for who you are at all. They love you for what you do or they like you for what you do for them. So you'll it's always that you'll never you'll never be able to have that closure with them. Okay. It's kind of like me, me, me. I'm just thinking of a friend that has a narcissist in her life. And this narcissist friend of hers is a grandma. And what did she nickname herself instead of grandma or Mima? She called herself Mimi. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so for this person, they always want you to be in their control. So they don't even care if you're struggling. And I get this a lot. I have a lot of women that contact me and some guys too. And they say, well, you know, don't they know how hard this is? You know, I don't have a good job. I'm, don't they know I'm struggling to make those insurance payments or whatever else? They don't care. They just don't care. And this can make you find it very hard in order to, because you want to have that closure. You're the normal one. They don't care. 
they don't and they're gonna make it difficult any way they can in order to make you um, in order for you to move on they're just gonna do that now for them it's also that you are an object to them they're getting their needs met again it doesn't matter so once they've moved on to their next victim it's almost like you just didn't exist and that can be very frustrating especially when they're into a new relationship so quickly with a new person this can be very frustrating for you you know you see them splashed on social media they might be kind of like um putting it big and loud uh putting it uh, in your face when you're at family gatherings or at gatherings you see them at the store or something like that they take pleasure of having another person beg for forgiveness to have another person want to question if answers you know i need answers or so on they get a charge out of that now if they can indirectly control you by maybe a, a text messages or you're going through a divorce or something like that they almost need you they create that drama so there's all usually a lot of drama that goes on with narcissists so i hope that helped maybe you know if you are somebody that even notices that you fit the bill on any of this is this something that can be fixed i'm not sure and i would hope so i would hope if you've noticed some of these traits that maybe you can fix them counselor therapist or somebody like that in order to um to break those patterns because I know that there's some people that have had some of these patterns and they're not a true narcissist air quotes because they picked up some of these patterns from somebody that was growing up a true narcissist or they they've just somehow picked up these traits I, I don't know the exact science behind it all but I know that there's some people that have been able to get help again it's that person that wants to actually get help that sees they have this issue and they're apologetic and they're apologetic to everybody and they're not just giving lip service they're actually working and doing walking the walk and talking the talk so tell me does any of this seem like someone you know have you experienced narcissism before do you think a person can change I'd love to know so throw your comments down I'll have those infographs for you there's some of the links that I found in the comments after I'm done here. Hope you enjoy the rest of your day. We'll talk about something interesting tomorrow. Or if you know what you'd like to know a little bit more about, throw it down in the comments or message me privately. This is Melinda from Hope Where There Was Not. I'm going to sign off. Hope you have a great rest of your day. I'm going to blow my nose. Bye.